Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. That was not the intro song to Mission Impossible because I don't own uh, the rights to the opening track of Mission Impossible. In fact, I think it's a Tom Cruise joint venture or like a it's some cruise production company that that has that has made Mission Impossible go on to what are we at? We at seven films now? We at seven? Six? I, you know, I, three films is a lot, I think, in any uh, uh, series. Seven? We the, we the fucking Fast and Furious now? Is it about family? Ethan Hunt, is it about family? Ha! Oh, shit. Brainstorming, new crossover. Ethan Hunt is on a mission to break apart the family of Fast and Furious. I don't, do they have names? Does the family have a name? It's like, like, I don't know. Uh, like, give me this insert gangster name here for the family. Castronova, is that one of them? Sorry. Culture, melting pot in my head. I am now shooting. <clears throat> oh, rebooted. Hi, I'm back now. Excellent. Well, hello, friends. Hello, friends. You know what? If you're here, you're not family. You're my friend. Because you know what? Friends, you have to earn your place in. Family is there regardless of your choice and what you're doing. It's just, I appeared in a family. I I didn't like vote myself or like get voted into a family. No, no, no. I appeared into a family. Friendship? You gotta fucking earn that shit. And I'm talking like, to anyone, <laughs> let me start. Okay, so Final Fantasy IX is about friendship to the point where you are pulled apart by the very system that in. I'm just kidding, I'm not gonna go into uh, the dynamics of Final Fantasy IX. Not here, not ever, probably anywhere, unless by critical demand, I will dive into the lore of Final Fantasy IX, the mythology of Final Fantasy IX. And you know what? You could be scratching your fucking, like, what the fuck is he talking about? What's Final Fantasy? The Final Destination Nine? Is that a thing? Did that happen? No, it's a video game series, and if I have to explain any more to you, then obviously you were left out of the loop for the past 30-some-odd years. Uh, much like how I know what you know, Fast and Furious is, without actually watching more than 30 minutes of any film. You know what? I might take that back. Um, forgive me. I don't know the number, but there was a, a, a they were like, I think they had Camaros and they were like pulling a, a bank vault behind them down like a street in like Central America. I don't know. It was just complete and utter chaos, but fun as hell to watch. Um, so to bring it back down to 
to today to right now. A little, let's, let's, let's take a breath. Take a breath. Instantly, you start to relax. And by the third one, there's almost a sense of clarity that was not there a moment ago. And on that, we will start today's discussion. Uh, I have my friend Kedem back with me. Uh, we, we never got to finish our, our talk about complex PTSD. And today we got to get into more of, uh, you know... Uh, after the signs, kind of uh, the techniques and tools you can have in your uh, arsenal in order to get over or even better yet to talk with your doctor about and see what different techniques uh, you and your doctor decide on. Uh, excellent listen. Awesome talk. A couple good laughs in there. I was just listening to the episode and I chuckled uh, a couple times, which, you know, it's always great to chuckle. You know, at yourself, I guess, or be self-aware, whatever. It just it's 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 all around a good healing experience. Uh, so I I really hope um, you guys enjoy this next talk. Um, <clears throat> the week after this, I have my good buddy BK Brandon. He will be on, and we have an, another amazing talk lined up. I don't want to uh, get into spoiler. You know, Zern, spoiler. Yeah, like there's a fucking continuity going on here. Um, You'll see when it comes. Uh, let me just say, uh, three more times. Uh, uh, and uh, I love you all, and I hope to see you at the end of this. Please, 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 please go to my Patreon and give me money. Is this how that works? Please. I'm broken. I'm poor, and I want to keep doing this. Thank you. I love you. Good night. Not not good night. There's just finish the episode and then we can have good night. Just after the the sounds or the drums or whatever. Jump into it. Last week. I think we had a great fucking talk. Um, we, we had talked about uh, PTSD and more specifically complex PTSD. Uh, what that looked like, uh, what maybe some of the, some of the signs were in particular in um, attitude. And uh, we, we, I, this is more of a talk because I, 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 I believe I, have been going through this for a long, long, long time. Uh, I had mentioned I'm not uh, diagnosed. I don't think anyone's diagnosed complex PTSD because I don't think it's diagnosable yet. But uh, here we're all working on that. Uh, a quick, quick recap: What is PTSD? Um, PTSD for 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 most people who deal with PTSD, symptoms appear within a month of a traumatic event. But for others, symptoms may not appear until years later. No matter when symptoms appear, they are typically grouped into four categories. And uh, that is intrusive memories, avoidance, negative changes to thinking and mood, and changes in physical and emotional reactions. 
uh, you know, a couple of quick uh, examples of intrusive memories, uh, having repeated unwelcomed upsetting memories of a traumatic event. Some examples of avoidance, trying to avoid talking or thinking about the events that cause the trauma. Uh, some examples of changes in physical and emotional reactions, being easily startled or frightened. Uh, now we all have that Hollywood fucking picturesque idea of what PTSD looks like. And while that does ring true for, I want to say maybe 50% of PTSD sufferers, uh, it's it's not the full picture. So we we jumped into complex PTSD. The difference between regular PTSD and complex PTSD would be the duration of time that the that the traumatic event happened, uh, most likely through childhood trauma, uh, an unattentive adult or a guardian, an alcoholic guardian, a um, emotionally uninvolved uh, parent or guardian. And those are just some quick, quick examples. Um, I don't want to dive, I don't want to lose too much time into all of them. Just, I think what's relative to me. So we lost, we didn't lose. We stopped the conversation kind of around, uh, if I look at my notes real quickly, the end of what I wanted to say. So I think the next step is coping skills, coping mechanisms, uh, or ways to heal from the trauma in, in, in a better way to handle the, the PTSD. Now, this, this, this becomes fun because, wow, are there so many rabbit holes to fall down into. So I'm just gonna start at, at let, let's, let's build a foundation. Let's build the base. Let's put the first block into the wall of this temple. And that we will start with, what, how, what do you think, what's your, what's your initial reaction when I say holistic medicine? Initial reaction. What is it? Boom. Like, uh, you know, first thing that pops in my head. Yeah. Uh, go. Uh, 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 <laughs> word association game. Yeah, I go. prepared for this. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> SpongeBob. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's close. All right. <laughs> uh, holistic. What you mean? Like you're talking I, about? No, like, don't give me a definition. What's what do you picture? So what's a you? What, what do you picture? A fucking hippie uh, in a field holding a flower? Like, what do you picture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I picture uh, like West Coast, uh, ooh, um, snobby, like. Uh, yeah, you. I here. I I want to say like alternative medicine. Yeah, and alternative. I, mean, people, medicine. I think people. I think about people who think that like who are conspiracy theorists who think like quote unquote, like modern medicine is uh, actually killing us and all of this stuff. And it is, I don't know. I'm kidding. Mm, yeah, <laughs> so, I'm not sure. <laughs> Dude, the, the COVID vaccine is killing all of us. Haven't you noticed? Haven't you seen the numbers? We're all dying. And just like that, with that one line, 
I was canceled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was quick. That was good. Good show. Good show. No, <laughs> no, I, I think our, our first, um, my initial reaction when I see holistic medicine is I get that feeling in my stomach that this is dumb. You are fucking dumb. And where the fuck did that come from? And I think holistic medicine has, has gotten kind of a bad rap over the past uh, couple of decades or so. Uh, and that starts with alternative medicine. So holistic medicine uh, to, to just to simply, simply simplify what holistic medicine is. And I'm t- I promise you this, this hopefully will tie into the rest of the narrative I'm trying to paint uh, for this particular discussion. Holistic medicine is a form of healing that considers the whole person, body, mind, spirit, and emotions in the quest for optimal health and wellness. According to the holistic medicine philosophy, one can achieve optimal health, the primary goal of holistic medicine practice, by gaining proper balance in life. This, uh, again, the, the, the rabbit hole of Wikipedia articles that you dive into trying to find out where holistic medicine comes from is all well explained uh, without me butchering it. Uh, holistic medicine comes back to um, Hippocrates, I believe. That's what I read. And Hippocrates was trying, he's a Greek philosopher uh, way back in our ancient, ancient days. Hippocrates was trying to understand a better way to understand illness and disease and death. Um, everything back then was tied into uh, religion and they, it was just a different approach to looking at it than God wills it or God did it. Uh, holistic medicine practitioners believe that the whole person is made up of interdependent parts. And if one part is not working properly, all the parts will be affected. In this way, if people have imbalances, physical, emotional, spiritual, in their lives, it can negatively affect their overall health. So that is the basic definition of holistic medicine. Now, why would I even fucking talk about holistic medicine? Well, what it has turned into today, and this is the dirty word I'm going to use for the episode, homeopathy. Ketum, I just said homeopathy. What 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 do you what are you picturing? Uh, I picture that I I I don't like the way you're saying it. How do you? What, how am I supposed to say it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not saying that I if one way is right or not. All I know is I think I hear a. There's um, an underlining tone. No 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 no. Is I I I know it as a homeopathy. Oh, but, homeopathy. Yeah. Is that how you say it? I don't know, man. But you say homeo- homeopathy makes it sound like some kind of like fucking some weird like sexual. I was going to say like a sex act. Yeah. Yeah. You want to you do some homeopathy later? I don't know. I don't know. Homeopathy? Ooh. Meet me in the shower, some homeopathy. <laughs> anyway. Homeopathy. No, you know. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I mean, I get the exact same. I get the exact same reaction to it that I do when you say holistic medicine. I or what did? You, yeah, you said holistic medicine. Yeah, yeah. and you know, I and I, I don't uh, homeopathy. Sorry, the the philosophy. How do you say it? homeo? Homeopathy. Homeopathy. 
the philosophy of homeopathy is that your body has everything it already needs to heal. It's just about awakening it or reactivating it. Uh, so traditional medicine is, is not necessary. Uh, so Western medicine. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I really, I actually really hate that. Yeah. Let's yes. Be, well, yes. Well, I, I know that's, that's, I think that is a dangerous. Uh, yes. That's so, so this is where I think holistic medicine got muddled because holistic medicine inside of that umbrella term, you're going to find homeopathy, which is your body has been evolving for so many years and your body already knows how to beat everything it's ever going to have, which might be true in the perfect Superman spiritual sense. But in reality, it's much, much more complicated and much, much, much more murkier then yes, you can do it. Now, a positive attitude can go a fucking long way, which is why I brought up holistic medicine in the first place. So the next kind of paragraph I wanted to, to jump into was integrative medicine. So holistic medicine has become kind of foiled, I think, over the years. I mean, my initial reaction is to spit uh, and, and that that goes along with a lot of the, the fringe fanatics out there that claim holistic uh, treatments over more Western uh, contemporary uh, therapies. Uh, so Western medicine has, has grown for a, a, a long time. It's a, an amazing, amazing read if you seriously want to sit down and waste a couple hours trying to understand why do we act the way we do when a vaccine becomes politicized? It's, it's, it's so complicated and beautiful and depressing. And at the same time, like inspiring because it makes you want to like read more. Um, so I, I, I will have the links down, but I encourage everyone to fucking find out why do you think the way you think? Because it might not be the way you think. I'm just saying. Don't only ask other people for their, your opinion, find it yourself. So integrative medicine is a complementary and alternative medicine combined. Yeah, the popular name for the healthcare practices that traditionally have not been a part of conventional medicine in many cases as evidence to, and, and as safety grows, these therapies become combined with conventional medicine. So that so as I jumbled that sentence up, what I'm saying is uh, alternative medicines such as uh, a couple I'm going I'm, 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 a couple that I'm gonna get into, uh, mixed with therapy, which is uh, conventional, and medication, which is conventional, uh, mixing these mixing both of these worlds have shown the most promising results than just medication alone. And that's kind of, that's kind of my baseline that I wanted to start with. I know that was a lot and it wasn't well explained, but uh, look up holistic medicine. <laughs> this is a great show. Look it up yourself. <laughs> Let me just cherry pick the information I fucking want. Fuck you. Uh, but back on to cherry picking, let's talk about cognitive behavioral therapy Ooh. <sighs> uh, this is oh, something 
into my wheelhouse, dude. Yes, I've been thinking about this for a while, and I have I've been trying to ease myself into it. But I also am waiting, and this is Sean's disclaimer, guys. I'm waiting for my financial situation to allow me to have a therapist, uh, one that I can trust, and 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 dive into these events with, um, and go from their suggestions and their advice. All right, so that's Sean's disclaimer for this entire talk as do your own fucking research. God damn it. Cognitive behavioral therapy is a psychosocial intervention that aims to reduce the symptoms of various mental health conditions, primarily depression and anxiety disorders. CBT focuses on challenging and changing cognitive distortions, e.g. thoughts, uh, beliefs, attitudes, and behaviors, improving emotional regulation, and the development of personal coping strategies that target solving current problems. That was a lot. <laughs> so let's slow down. Cognitive behavioral therapy. Kenan, what, what, why? You, you lit up. What's your experience with this? Uh, okay. So um, it was, uh, pe- it was, um, sorry, developed by uh, Andrew Ellis. You and know this team. shit. Yeah, <laughs> Andrew Ellis, I think in the seventies, um, and a team. I mean, and it, it's been you know adapted. It, you know, these things change, evolve over time, uh, but it's probably the most popular uh, th- uh, um, therapeutic approach, at least like a at least for I think for like a, in like a in like a therapy session type. Um, setting you know what i mean where it's like a one safe a talk. safe setting yeah just like a talk, yeah. a talk setting you know where, where, where we're not doing uh anything um super super radical specific to deal with like uh schizophrenia or like uh weird anyway um okay i think the easiest way to sum up cbt is to um basically divide it into uh three parts you have like basically whenever something happens like you're you like you you are a you are a person you are a you're a a being uh, on this planet something happens to you right you have three you're you have three uh basically stages of reaction to that you have your emotional reaction your cognitive reaction and your behavioral reaction yes um and what cbt attempts to do is is like break those three things down separate them and and analyze them individually and then focus primarily on the cognitive and behavioral reaction part um hence the name cognitive behavioral therapy Mm -hmm. uh basically the idea being that like you can't really control how you emotionally react to something, but what you can attempt to change is how you cognitively and behavioral, cognitively and behaviorally react to it, which will then, you know, data shows over time can help affect how you emotionally react to it. So an example yes. would be, like, uh, uh, let's say someone's dealing with, um, really bad anxiety about like and it usually help it helps if it's a specific thing right so they're like super anxious about like 
an upcoming job interview. Like they're so anxious, it's affecting their quality of life, right? You know, where they they can't sleep, they're they're you know they're 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 unhappy. They they feel it, it's bad enough that they feel they need help, right? So they're in therapy and they have this crazy amount of anxiety about let's just say yeah, it's an upcoming job interview. What the C, what the CBT therapist will try to do is say okay so your your emotional reaction to this is this extreme anxiety let what are what are the thoughts what are the cognitive reactions you're having to this so what are the thoughts that go through your head when you think about the thing that's giving you anxiety and then the person will talk about you know well i think this might happen i think this could happen i think that this they might do this or that blah 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 so they go through all of these thoughts and then they'll talk about what are the behavioral reactions you have to that. And well, I, uh, you know, I, um, I, I, I eat a lot because I'm, it helps me with my, usually they'll talk about their coping mechanisms that yeah. they use, the unhealthy ones, maybe things like that. So then the therapist will basically say, let's tackle, let, let's look at these thoughts that you have and see if we can maybe change them. Maybe let's see if we can maybe I don't want to say correct, but like a, 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 a therapist will often like have you sort of challenge the thoughts that you associate with certain um, like uh, emotional triggers uh, because we often like write these narratives that are really inaccurate. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, and then same with the behaviors. We'll just challenge. Maybe we can challenge these behaviors. Maybe we can because those are the two things basically you have control over um that was really long-winded sorry about that no yeah, that's I fucking i mean so the... for example here's yeah. my here's 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 the scenario i set a specific time to be at a specific place maybe it's an event or a gathering or whatever uh the time is coming closer and closer for me to to be there and something out of my control is slowing me down and and not making it not making me able to accurately show up at that particular time the world that i paint in my head of what is going to happen when i do not show up is death chaos and destruction i'm talking keanu reeves level of destruction because the bus went under 50 miles an hour. There, I mean, there were so many references you could have made there. Yeah, like any movie. You <laughs> I mean, <laughs> my point is I, I paint that mental picture. I, 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 I can relate to that so full heartedly because I'm I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm looking back on a, a, a time where, and I think it's, this is all not being in control of your own environment and lack of control uh, is definitely a, a key factor here. But I, I just picture the worst happening and I'm escalating it completely on a fabricated level, higher and higher and higher and higher for every minute that I'm going past my mental goal. And the kicker is that mental goal could never have been spoken to anyone else except myself. If I'm not making that goal, 
the effects or how it's affecting me, I think becomes way more abundantly clear. So I wonder that the process that one would have to go through to, I guess it would be like looking at why do you think that time or your, your specific idea of the time to show up, why that is most present. And I, I when I say it out loud, it's, it's, it's control. It's not That's having control. Part of it. You know, I, you know, it just sounds so clear, but maybe, maybe specifically just for me, it's the lack of control, especially coming from a controlling uh, family. Well, that's what something that's something you in if you were in therapy talking about this that's something yeah. that you would probably bring up and then the therapist might have questions for you about that and you know but like in a, in a specific like specifically in a cbt context if you were talking about this um this anxiety you get when you uh have a deadline or a or a set uh what you know what, what did you call it a set time to yeah. be somewhere um, a goal, yeah. Yeah, you and you get a lot of anxiety about that. It, that the the CBT approach to that anxiety, uh, you mentioned it, right? Is you and and actually, what would probably happen is the therapist would have you write write stuff down. That's a big one. Um, they give you basically worksheets. Yeah, it makes it sound like homework. It doesn't. You, if you, in my experience, if you tell them like, "Hey, I I don't want to do this at home. I want to do this in session," they'll absolutely be fine with that. But it does help to write things down. Um, so basically, give you a worksheet and say, okay, like, um, what are the thoughts going through your head for, uh, is, is associated with this anxiety that you feel? And you mentioned it, right? You like this, this you you write this story in your head about what could happen and all of these catastrophic mm -hmm. things. And the therapist will basically, okay, let's write those down and let's try to and and let's and let's try to be specific, right? The, that's the point is. CBT, we want to be really specific. We want to say, okay, what is actually, and you, and you like list them numbers, you know, one, two, three, four, like what are these, what are the things that your brain is saying, you know, will happen or probably will happen, uh, you know, and then you list them. And then basically after you write them down and you look at them, it kind of helps you recognize, hopefully, the goal, I guess, is to like you to actually recognize like how uh, how unreasonable those those thoughts yes. are. Like like they don't like they they don't actually match to reality, right? I mean, yes. anxiety usually anxiety is associated with with thoughts that are not really linked to anything real because we our brains like exaggerate. Um, and like catastrophize or whatever, blow up the situation. And so it mm -hmm. helps to write it down. And then you can kind of look at it and be like, wow. That was silly. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> actually no reason to think that if I'm late to this thing, uh, then, you know, uh, I will end up homeless or I'll be in jail. You know what I mean? Like, well, there's actually no reason to think. Well, you know what? I, now that I hear it out loud again, I kind of blame that movie in time uh johnny depp 1990 or 80 whatever you know he he has to he he gets pulled into this terrorist fucking like uh like conspiracy where he has to kill like a, a senator 
or a congressman during a giant speech at a hotel and they, they take his daughter and he has like certain time periods he has to uphold to. And it's like, whoa, man, we're grown up on that shit. If they take my daughter, I'm going to have to do everything they say, right? It's these weird, I'm just saying, it's these weird outlandish ideas that we attach to. And yeah. I, I do think culture has a big fucking, oh, like Hollywood has a giant hand to play there when, especially when you're growing up and you're adolescence and you're watching this shit. Uh, and maybe if your parent isn't at home teaching you how to throw the ball all the time, we do pick up a lot of our uh, behavioral traits and, and ideas from uh, the culture that we ingest. What, uh, uh, that movie, the ca- cable guy. Oh, okay. wow. Excellent. Oh, wait, is that a good movie? Uh, it's, it's good yeah no is it weird it, it's weird i mean i think jim carrey's probably excellent no matter what he does but i'm gonna have to watch it again to have a better judgment because i do think rape happens in that movie at one point but i i, I i'm not 100 percent sure so on that note <laughs> oh, why did i why did i bring up that kind of thing does it uh go ahead keep talking i'm uh <laughs> theft of property i you know what he was very unhinged that poor man and if there was a better mental health system in this country that would never happen <laughs> so thank you reagan um ooh, <laughs> trickle down economics uh, has nothing to do with any of this anyway uh cognitive behavioral therapy i brought this up because my first uh two uh, skills uh, that I, I or like uh, healing techniques that I wanted to bring up uh, that I, I have for one of them experienced firsthand uh, by the grace of God that it just I just happened to maybe correlate benefits to so we'll talk about that a little bit later uh, the first one I want to jump into is drama therapy uh, drama therapy is a treatment approach that provides a theatrical platform for people in therapy to express their feelings, solve problems and achieve therapeutic goals. Now, dramatic therapy is actually something that you can get signed up for if you are a uh, youth, an adolescent youth or adolescent offender of the laws. What uh, is a youth? Youth, what, what is a youth? Anyway, the in, in the UK, um, uh, you can get sentenced with, uh, uh, they, they, they called it something else. It was um, theater motivation therapy, something like that, uh, which is you're sending kids, adolescents to basically drama class so they can act out their emotions in a safe spot where it's not technically them. And I think that's fucking amazing. The North American Drama Therapy Association defines the therapy as an active experimental approach to facilitating change through storytelling, projective play, purposeful purposeful improvisation, and performance. A lot of P's there, I'm sorry. Um, what, how, so just hearing that off the bat, you can... There's, you know, things like storytelling, role-playing, puppetry, rituals, games, improv, and scripts. There are ways for you to act out specific emotional events that you could have experienced in your life. Now, just how, how, 
now is am I is this screaming amazing or am I am I not seeing the cracks here? What am I missing? Uh, no, I don't think you're missing. I think it sounds amazing. I was I was actually not familiar with this at all, but I think it's uh, I think it sounds amazing. Uh, just as you know, as a as another uh, as another uh, avenue of treatment, absolutely. Um, in in tandem with, of course. Uh, your uh, whatever your doctor says whatever your health professional yeah, yeah, should yeah. say when it's, we're talking about like therapy um approach uh, uh, uh approaches or uh whatever schools of therapy i'm a lot more i guess um forgiving with like the experimental parts because because it's because it doesn't involve chemicals and putting things in your body and actual like um yeah, well, you should be monitored, basically. Pathological right? diseases, things yeah. like that. Okay. Yeah. When yes. you were way back originally, we're talking about like holistic medicine and things like that. I didn't, I wasn't thinking about therapy. I was thinking about like, you know, um, actual like. Eating uh, apple seeds to heal cancer. Yeah, like pathology, okay. like yes. um, uh, disease theory or germ theory things, you know what I yes. mean? Like that, that's different. But yeah, so when we're talking about mental health, psychological practice, uh, there, there's there's the medication side, the chemical side, and then there's the therapy side. And the therapy side is- Oh, beautiful. Very- yeah. um, Beautiful. Experimental, yeah. Uh, of course, well, you know, we don't, we don't want to harm people, of course. So like, you know, we don't, there's some, uh, there's always a risk of a experimental, therapy approach being more harm than good to someone that can happen but for the most part i think you know it's, it's a benefit to, yeah. yeah i mean at, at least for exposure um uh a role playing uh so a uh, participants for um drama therapy may see drama affect changes in their behavior emotional state personal growth and skill adaptation participants utilizing drama therapy are often able to improve interpersonal relationship skills through active participation. And that goes back to uh, through storytelling, role-playing, puppetry, uh, reliving events in their lives, um, which ties into the, the cognitive uh, behavioral aspect of that. I, I found this information on an awesome website, uh, goodtherapy.org. I will have them down in the description as well. Uh, drama therapy objectives. The primary goal of drama therapy is to provide people with a safe and secure experience that encourages full expression of their emotional voice through playful, dramatic activity. The desired outcome of drama therapy, excuse me, is different for each participant, but the fundamental model is designed to promote healing and growth through the use of role-playing in dramatic interactions. As a practice, drama therapy aims to do the following, promote positive behavioral changes, improve interpersonal relationship skills, integrate physical and emotional well-being, achieve personal growth and self-awareness, and improve the overall quality of life. I think self-awareness right there is, I, I don't think, I, I mean, again, this is my personal, you know, I, I feel like a lot of us aren't really aware of ourselves, how we feel. And we're, we're constantly told how to feel. Drama therapy continues to gain ground as a treatment 
It can be used in a variety of settings, including schools, mental health clinics, prisons, hospitals, community centers. It can be used as a treatment for the following, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, depression, substance abuse, rehabilitation, schizophrenia, dementia, eating disorders, learning difficulties, grief, and loss. And I, I, I can't, this, some of the first time I found this was, it wasn't today, it was a week ago. I heard, a, uh, there was a gentleman, uh, I will have his YouTube video also in the description here. And he was, he was a doctor uh, 50 years or 40 years to learning about a trauma. And when he went to a school and watched uh, adolescents acting out traumatic events, in their lives from like parents or substance abuse, it, it was like, it awoke him. He, he became enlightened to see that that was a possibility and, and hearing it from you and hearing it from me right now, like, it's just, it's amazing that, and there are, um, there are citations and links to the studies, uh, way too many for me to, to even pretend to try and understand or, or go through. I don't even know how to, how to read half this shit. Um, just the reference by itself. The reference line by itself is like a different language. Advocacy ND, North America Dramatic Association, retrieved from www. I, I, it's just, it's, it's too much for me. But uh, I'm, I, I get giddy because there are citations uh, made. And well, Sean, anyone can make a citation on a website. Yeah, but can you click on them and take you to a different .org? Because I feel like these things are winners. And when I see .org, I get, I get, I get excited. Those, that's, a, that's it. A .org is what I'm looking for. What's that saying about me? Christ. But on that note, this is something in an avenue that I would, I would love to jump into. Drama therapy, just drama in general. I, I, I really wish in high school I had paid attention more to to acting or, or any kind of loud shouting over each other. Uh, I, I think that's, that's, that's wonderful. And I would love to um, learn more about this and promote this any way I can. On that note, goodtherapy.org, I found another healing practice for PTSD. And this is one I have actual uh, hands-on experience with and uh, I would, I just want to, I, I would love to bring it up. And this goes in tandem with another uh, technique that I'm also doing currently, and that is yoga therapy. Now, yoga, I think goes hand in hand with holistic and homeopathy, which is like, it's been muddied and dirtied because of how long it's been in our collective consciousness and anything Anything brand new, of course, is, is ew. But things that had been around as long as humans have been around uh, can be dirtied and muddied with a lot of human events. Uh, for example, yoga gurus becoming cult leaders and then making their cultees attack people or attack themselves. So as, as with anything, uh, with enough time, enough statistics, we can make everything dangerous and everything disgusting. So it's again, up to you 
to look into it. Yoga therapy is a type of therapy that uses yoga postures, breathing exercises, meditation, and guided imagery to improve mental and physical health. The holistic focus of yoga therapy encourages the integration of mind, body, and spirit. Whoa, I feel like we already said that. Modern yoga therapy covers a broad range of therapeutic modalities. Is I think how they're saying modalities, model, no, no, wait, whatever. Incorporating elements from both physical therapy and psychotherapy. I think modalities. Modality is that how you say that? Model, modalities. M O D A L. Yeah, that's it. Modalities, therapeutic modalities. Sounds very sexual. Like it. Uh, issues treated by yoga therapy. Yoga therapy is a growing field of scientific evidence that has begun to emphasize its efficiency. Now, I love that sentence. Yoga therapy is a growing field of scientific evidence is, has begun to emphasize. Yoga has been around as, as long as the Greeks have been around. It's, it's just, this is almost ancient in ancient practice. And it's just becoming, uh, I, I think, more widely accepted for its beneficial uh, effects on the human. Uh, yoga therapy is well established as a treatment for depression and anxiety. A meta-analysis cited the primary care companion for CNS disorders found that yoga therapy also shows promise for treatment of post-traumatic stress disorder and schizophrenia. Additionally, Yoga therapists have begun to develop treatment modalities to suit children with autism. The book Yoga Therapy for Children with Autism and Special Needs, written in 2013 by a yoga teacher, Louise Goldberg, is already considered a critical text for novice and experienced yoga therapists alike. I have already saved that book to my... Autios, and I'm going to check it out very soon. And I hope it's it's more of a read along and less of a uh, lecture lectureism. So we'll uh, I will give you a full review of that in a couple months. Uh, so yeah, yoga, yoga therapy. Now my hands-on experience with yoga uh, came from post-workout stretching. Uh, I would go on these long bike rides and long hikes, and I would come back and sit down and be like pain for the next couple hours in the next couple days. So I started doing yoga just kind of a, as a way to stretch. Uh, my first experience with yoga way back when was, ooh, dirty, hippie, uh, piss on you, piss on you. And that has evolved into, well, stretching. I've experienced the benefits of stretching. So why don't I just stretch and, and focus on my breathing at the same time? And it has grown from just stretching to full on, uh, meditation while stretching and the mental benefits. I mean, and again, this is, this is, this is uh, rhetorical, but I, I think the mental benefits didn't, didn't come into place until a couple months after I had started the, doing it, uh, on a regular, uh, uh, system or regular, uh, uh schedule. But I think uh, in tandem with uh, the meditating and breathing exercises, it is an amazing tool to 
allow mindfulness to at least open up and become more accessible. Uh, and that, that I'm talking about the intrusive thoughts, the intrusive thoughts that have kept me up or kept me from going to sleep for all of 2020 and 2021 are gone right now. Those thoughts where I'm in my bed, twisting and turning and like my whole body is tensing, you know, living these, these past memories of like, of actions I've done and then the wrongs and the hurt that I've caused from anywhere from, you know, 20 years ago to as little as a couple months ago. And, and it, it's like a it piggyback, they just bounce off each other. And like you're tossing and turning and you're sweating and, and all you want to do is close your eyes and lay down, but you're, you're tensing. It's like your fight or flight is in full fucking swing and you're trying to fucking flight, but you can't move. It is horrific. And I can honestly say, I haven't had one of those episodes and I might be uh, correlation or causation equals correlation. I, I might be making the, the quick and easy, most pathway, um, Optimus Razor or whatever you call it. But if, if in my heart, I believe it's the yoga meditation, then I'm going to allow that to happen. I'm going to keep doing it until I'm proven wrong otherwise. And that's my experience. That's, 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 that's my two cents. What do you, I mean, have you had any, any practice with yoga or thoughts? How's it make you feel? Uh, yeah, I have, um, it, I enjoy it. I, 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 I get some benefits from it. Uh, I don't think it's as effective for me as you or some other people. So it's never been something that I, I felt compelled to like make into a routine. Uh, but, uh, I got nothing against it. I got nothing against it in a therapeutic sense. Uh, there is a lot of evidence that it's beneficial. And, uh, you know, you know, what's really cool about yoga is um, I also read this other, uh, I don't have it uh, pulled up in front of me right now, uh, but that yoga doesn't work for the intellectual. Uh, yeah. Yoga involves a great deal of acceptance into spirituality and, the, the over analytical and logical, uh, much like medita- uh, meditation or um, hypnotism, uh, they can see around the cognitive tricks. They can see around uh, the, the different angles instead of just accepting and letting, letting things happen that we, we, we have a switch and we turn it off and nothing can pass through our defense. And I, I, Hypnotism, especially for me, and this is a weird random tangent, but I've tried to be hypnotized three separate times, one for fun and twice for behavioral, behavior, behavioral reasons, uh, smoking and addiction. And you know, the first time I wanted it to happen, I was like, let, come on, let it happen. Let me be a bear. You know, let, let me quack like a duck on stage. And it didn't happen. I was really disappointed. And then the second couple, the second time, third time, I was like expecting it to happen because I heard all the wonderful stories of how it was going to change, even coming from like uh, uh, the most recently at the time, my father, who used it to uh, use hypnotism to quit smoking for however long he quit smoking for. 
and it didn't have it didn't work those two other times and i kind of i shut it, i shut it down the rest of my life I'm like hypnotism is bullshit it cannot work it doesn't exist fuck you and yet every time i watch these people get hypnotized on tv or on youtube i'm like what is what the fuck is going why are you quacking like a duck why can't i quack like a fucking duck my cousin used to call me duck he used to call me duck because i used to quack as a kid but now as an adult i can't fucking quack what the fuck so i i i, I have a little i understand that nope. We had to. <laughs> I don't want to quack right now. According to a 2012 article, Social Work Today magazine, yoga therapy is also emerging as an effective treatment for substance abuse issues. Mental health professionals point out that the way to yoga positively, sorry, the point out the way yoga positively impacts the part of the mind and body susceptible to addiction. Now, I, I wanted to read that because forcing people to do yoga that they don't want to do yoga does not equal a healthy outcome. You have to first educate on why yoga might be a healthy outcome and, out, and a healthy option, not just assume that they already have that understanding and then force them to bend over when they feel like shit in front of other people that are judging them because they all feel like shit. So I appreciate and love this, but for the love of God, all you houses out there pretending to be um, uh, bastions of mental health and uh, places to grow and heal. <sighs> this is a special spot now for all of you. And on that note, I kind of want to jump into uh, the, the, the last that I have pulled up for this, this, this quick and, and, and awesome talk. Um, and uh, I will quickly sum up, uh, some other tools and, and options. Uh, and this is one that, uh, you should not be doing by yourself. And I mean that from a place of experience and from a place of hope and admiration that, I, I do think a, a professional is is needed um, in this particular instance, and that is psychedelic therapy. Oh. Now, I've been I've been into this for a while now, and mostly from cognitive dissonance that I, I kind of want it to be true. So I just keep clicking on those videos that make it sound so true in my head. So, what is psychedelic therapy? Psychedelic therapy is a technique that involves the use of psychedelic substances to aid in the therapeutic process. Hallucinogenic substances have been used in holistic medicine and for spiritual practices by various cultures for thousands of years. Oh, there's that word right there, holistic medicine. So it, it, even putting it in, a, in a, such an easy paragraph like that separates it from the reality that I think it can hold. And... I, I side tangent. I'm just going to stop it right there. Psychedelic therapy. Get him. What do you know about psychedelic? Uh, 
what do I know about psychedelics or psychedelic therapy? Therapy. What are your psychedelic experience? Not their therapy experiences. Talk to me about psychedelics. Uh, I'm generally a fan. I had one really, really, really bad experience. Um, you want to share? Okay. Uh, Why not? Take, take, take a minute. Fucking share. Uh, I mean, then this was the last time I, I did psychedelics. Um, I did mushrooms with a friend from work. Um, we weren't, we didn't really hang out much outside of work, but we did, we lived in the same air part of Philly. So we'd often like, if we got off work together, we would like walk, uh, to, you know, roughly where we lived, uh, and talk. And then we would kind of like split at the end there. Cause we lived pretty, just like a couple, a few blocks away from each other. So like we, we, we got along, we knew each other well. Um, always talked about how we wanted to trip together and uh, finally, finally got to it one day. <laughs> yeah. um, he came over, we did mushrooms, we're having a good time. Um, I lived with four other, four other people at this time in this house in Philly, no one else was home and wasn't home for like the entire night. It was one of those rare fucking days where like I was the only one in the house all day and all night. Uh, about like an hour into the trip, um, basically, I'm trying to, okay, to cut it short, basically, he bugs the <laughs> fuck out yeah. and, uh, and, and leaves. Like he runs away, basically. He's like, I can't, he bugs out and he leaves. And Aww. it was very tough for me because I was, I had also just like, just come out of a breakup. I was feeling kind of vulnerable and something about, so him just like bolting and leaving like that. Uh, and I was tripping hard at this point, you know, um, sent me into like the deepest, deepest parts of my, of my, uh, okay, I'll, I'll go with a young here with my, like my shadow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I basically like tumbled into my own personal hell for like three hours. Um, like absolute, just, I don't know. Imagine like every, every, or how do I phrase it? Like imagine like the pit in the back of your subconscious that has all of the things that you fear <laughs> and are sad about just every me trying to go to sleep every night yeah imagine that pit. <laughs> imagine, and that pit and we all keep a lid on that pit for the most part we might yes. not think we do or like we might think like oh no i coping I, it's I coping yeah all the time. it's very rare that we actually delve into that pit because it's it's traumatic to delve into that pit um and i was just fucking thrown into that pit uh because of the because of the hallucinogen, you know, it just, it, 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 it did it to me. Um, it opens that door. Yeah. You know, and it, it, it actually, it actually traumatized me because afterwards I'm talking like for years afterwards, I was having fairly regular panic attacks, which I had never experienced oh, wow. ever in my life. I never I went to the ER at one point because I had never experienced the physiological, the physical sensation of feeling like your throat is closing up and your heart wow. is going to explode because or you're, you're like, yeah, that feeling in your chest of like that physical sensation. 
I had never in my life experienced that. And I'm talking, this was in my late 20s. I was like 27 at this point. Um, at one point I went to the ER because I was so scared because like, I, and this pit because of these panic attacks, I thought, I, I thought something was physically wrong with me. I like, I, I had to be right. Uh, even like developing heartburn for the first time as a result of this, um, which can actually be really fucking scary if you've never experienced it. Cause it, again, it feels- It burns, like, it burns, it's physical, yeah. Well, yeah, it, it feels like your, it feels, it happens. And unfortunately the pain is right around where your heart is. So it can often feel like, your heart is like literally, and I don't this kind of, I mean, literally your organ, the heart is like aching, is like burning, you know, like, mm -hmm. like, like it's a, like it's tensing up. Um, so yeah, like I was physic, I was physiologically fucked up from this for a long time. Uh, obviously like emotionally fucked up from it, just like tra traumatized from it. Um, uh, yeah, I mean that basically sums it up. No, that's could I, could, that, so, that, was, that was my last. Well, let me just say real quick that was my last psychedelic experience. I had quite a few before then, and they were all very positive. They were uh, great. I mean, yes, and I, I I have a theory. I have a theory there too. When you're younger and doing this stuff, it's it's you have less of you have less built up trauma to to feed off of. So we allow ourselves to to see the better and the brighter uh, moments of the experience. And the older you get with, with, and without working on any of these, you know, uh, feelings and emotions, you could do weed, you can do LSD, MDMA, um, shrooms, and it's, it's always going to be a negative time because you, you haven't allowed yourself to heal or to let go from these these past traumatic events and they will always smoking weed for me is the, is the number one example. Uh, when you get too high and all I did was to smoke to try and go to bed or, you know, to lay down and, and relax. And I'm just being attacked by these past emotions. Uh, I have also a great, um, shroom story. Uh, and it's, it's a, it's a, it's a most, it's not the most recent, but it's, it's a recent one. I went and it was also in the Philly area. I did shrooms. Uh, with with the uh, two people, uh, and I noticed my one friend wasn't handling it the best. Mm -hmm. uh, he got anxious. He wandered around a lot. Uh, he was always trying to like do something and figure out what he was trying to do, and it, it it reminded me a lot of myself. Like you know, where am I supposed to be? That was my that was my my biggest fear and guilt when taking shrooms and being lost in a trip. I'm supposed to be somewhere. And yeah. again, uh, yeah, this is, it's, it's tying in again, me and me and time and a schedule and something. Uh, so watching him do that, it, it, it pulled me out of the good, the goodness, the, sorry, it didn't pull me out, but like I allowed it to wander me out of the good feeling. And I got to that. I, I, I empathized with him and I felt his panic and his loss and it, it turned into a really awkward weird night and we tried to walk around philly like it was going to make it better walk around philly but unless you're already in love with the area anyone walk around philly is going to be like this place is kind of dirt dirt scary and 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 smelly you know it's night, yeah especially yeah especially at night especially when there's you and, I, you and i 
went to the went to Rittenhouse Park that one day. Yes, and that was, that was beautiful. beautiful. But that was during the day. I know, was, and we were young, and it was fucking Rittenhouse. Yes. It's beautiful. God damn it! But uh, yeah, walking around an empty park at night in Philly can be a scary fucking experience if you don't live at that fucking park. Yeah. Um. So again, in in watching him kind of fall out of it, it it helped me walk in that direction. And that opened the gateway to allowing my emotions to rule the night or to rule the experience. So, which is amazing that you and me both had these stories to share because that's why it's so important if you're going to do psychedelic therapy to do it with a professional, to do it with someone who's not on the drug, who can help guide you and help you heal through these um, situations because, and this is why I think it's such a powerful and amazing experience. Uh, THC and, and uh, uh, mushrooms, uh, uh, psilocybin, they 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 awaken these memories and these these pathways that you've for such a long time in your in your brain have closed off. It, it reopens them, reignites them, and you should be able to. We should we should be able to sit through them, experience them, and understand that it was a time and a place and it can no longer hurt us. And our fight or flight doesn't have to be triggered every time we are reminded of it. You know, it's, it's, it's so amazing how powerful these emotions and feelings and events are in the long run. So uh, psychedelic therapy, it it got that the research was kind of squandered. I think back in the '60s. Uh, sorry, the war on drugs, uh, kind of the hippie movement, everything. And yeah, it kind of it stopped. It stopped all the the beneficial testings. And we're now in 2021, about to be 2022, have reopened those doors. And I know we've been doing it slowly since then. MDMA have had plenty of studies. Um, psilocybin's had plenty of studies, THC's had plenty of studies, but we're, we're allowing time and duration to happen in between these studies now. And that's where science and understanding happens in between these periods. You can't just have one study and go, oh, it's fucking black and white. Here it is. This is the answer done. No, humans, we, we live on a scale and everything needs to be put on scales and spectrums and allowed time to to gestate and i i i do see a lot of um benef- benefits to psychedelic therapy especially one because psychedelics for me have opened up a door a window basically and that window is has allowed me to see that i am just a piece a piece of this puzzle i'm not the puzzle i am a piece of the puzzle i am a puzzle piece who's made up of puzzle pieces of course but we're all interconnected. I am part of nature. I am part of the universe. I am part of, I, I was not just created out of nothingness. I am a continuation of existence from point A to point B. And that's such a beautiful understanding. And that can help so much with your cognitive behavioral therapy when you realize that it's not just your ego and that's it. That No, your ego is a tool that your body has made to help protect itself from death. 
like these little these little lessons that you learn i think are much easier when you've already been able to perceive your place in the universe and i do think psychedelics help help that image a hundred percent and i i would love to ask someone who has been raised on just religion someone who's been raised on just psychedelics they're different what? they're wait, wait, different wait. they're different in opinions on like <laughs> think about it <laughs> wait what what does that mean exactly <laughs> raised just on psychedelics like breakfast lunch and dinner well see see that's right. and that's why science you need a control you need a control and then you need your variables we don't have that person raised just on psychedelics all right son it's uh <laughs> it's, your, it's, it's your, my lunch time well, here's your uh here's your tab, here's your tab. <laughs> i don't know why there's there, i don't know why he's always a southern guy giving out tabs but um <laughs> No, no, but <laughs> yes, uh, saying that out loud, it sounds kind of uh, cruel and unusual. Um, but there have been, I'm sure there's an indigenous population out there that has let a child in, in, indulge in DMT for a, a spiritual building practice or uh, process. And uh, these are their cultures that we don't listen to because we laugh at them. So I'm just saying there's it's a it's a, there's a it's a plethora I mean of experience and people out there. And and you know what you he, I hear and you say I mean I was just going to say if you if you're if you're doing DMT you don't you're not going to be uh, inventing guns, all right? So, you know. At the same time, um, if you're a growing developing child, you should not be doing anything that is going to psychoactively stimulate you uh, because that is just the the opening the doorway of self-destruction look at sugar fuck you sugar but um yeah uh, you literally just flipped off your like your sugar bowl in your kitchen or something it's just, looking at, it i'm looking at it right now and i'm it has a spoon next to it and i'm <laughs> i'm going to eat it <laughs> at some point tonight so <laughs> let me get out the anger now so i can accept it later <laughs> Uh, no, well, so the point of this conversation is there's a hundred avenues and, and directions you can go for therapy and for suggestions. Uh, and, and I, 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 I would like to accept all of them and not just laugh at home, homeopathy and like, well, fuck you, you're dumb. I think homeopathy with the correct conventional and cognitive behavioral therapy of if it's making you feel better like a placebo it's making you believe that you're doing better there's no harm in it and i i have not found the study that says well believing just in homeopathic drugs alone well yes i think actually believing in homeopathic drugs alone has still led to many deaths, but the quality of life has it been less? That is the question that I will definitely research and look up for next episode because I, <laughs> I, I need to know the definite answer. I don't, I don't care. Look, I don't care what fucking adults do with their self with themselves if they want to if they want to not take medicine and only take worm root or whatever. 
That's all nice. <laughs> I get mad when they, uh, I, the only thing that I just get mad when they force love rumor. <laughs> yes. Um, because that does kill people. At uh, the same time, though, oh, it's such a fucking sticky and icky topic to get into. Can I, real quick, uh, just as an interesting uh, addition to what we're talking about here, bring up another uh, um, form form of uh, therapy that Ooh. you may not have heard of. But Take I me to done. it. Have you heard of uh, EMDR? Oh, my God. Dude, I, I clicked that tab out because I was like, this is dumb. Uh, yes, EMDR. I, yes, let me bring it up real quick. EMDR is, I am, I am very curious because this is in line with uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, explain, explain it. Can you explain it to me? Explain it to me. It's, it's, it's really, um, as far as I know, it's really specifically used for PTSD. Yes. Um, I've known, I know, I know a couple people have done it and I have heard good things, but anyway, um, it's very intense. So like disclaimer, it's controversial, right? So I'll just read. Yes. Right that's why I exit out of it. Um, EMDR stands for eye movement desensitization. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, uh, is a controversial form of psychotherapy in which the person being treated is asked to recall distressing images. The therapist then directs the patient in one type of bilateral stimulation, such as side-to-side eye rapid movement or hand tapping. Um, so that was that was like word vomit, but from what I understand, no, yes, basically I, yeah. they, the therapist is having the person recall trauma, which that is pretty standard for ther- for different types of therapy, right? Yes. But what's different is they do this bilateral stimulation with either the eyes or I guess hand tapping. I don't know about that one, but, and somehow, and I, I don't know the science behind this, but there's, again, there's like a physiological response that it actually like puts you back in your psychological state of well, your- Yeah. Can I, um, can I, can I try and, and yeah. relate to that real quick? Um, I think it has to do with the, um, how our brain processes things at once. Your brain is doing not just talking for me right now. I'm also looking. I'm also thinking, breathing, acting, moving my hands. So there's a hundred things that your brain is doing. Uh, I think what this is kind of doing, and it's it's what it reminds me of, is focus meditation. Uh, you're reliving your event while the doctor in front of you is is uh, in 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 less in lack of better word distracting you from what else you can physically do because you're trying to pay attention to them while reliving this event and I can see the benefits to that I I I I, I really can it's a um, it's a variety of exposure therapy. Uh, yes, is I, I think I think the 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 hand in hand. From what I understand, the way you describe, like from what I understand, from what I've heard other people say, it's kind of the opposite of what you just said, though, because you you just, but I might not have understood you correctly, but you kind of said like the doctor is like distracting you from the the experience of recalling your 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 trauma or whatever. From what I understand, it's almost the opposite. It's like the, whatever the eye movement, rapid eye movement that's happening, 
it it's it I guess basically like triggers some kind of like oh um oversaturation uh, like kind of like a haywire in your system mm-hmm. and it basically is designed to literally distress you more so that you feel like you're actually back in that moment yeah i i I think distracting was the wrong word for me to use um more uh more or less uh with with the doctor there in front of you 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 are able to to and and i i see this when i see people uh retail stories uh interviews and you know they they're always uh from and this is again this is this is i think how i'm reading it uh, they're always, uh, their eyes are always kind of shifting back and forth and around. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, what, what the doctor's purpose there is to stop you from taking that thought and snowballing it and kind of staying more in the moment with it, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, yeah, like I just thought uh, it would be cool to bring up because we're, it's so, it's um, pretty new and it's, uh, specifically well yeah it it and like i haven't done it but like i'm super interested in i'm very interested in it because it it popped up in the first video i watched on dealing with trauma uh and the doctor who was who was describing it and it's the same guy he did 40 years in the field and when he saw a doctor waving his hands and then he saw the results of the patient it was it was like magic it was the doctor seeing magic happen and for a, a well-schooled um, doctor to even utter that sentence, uh-huh. it's, it's so warming. It's like, it's a, it's, it was so inspiring. Um, it has been called a pseudoscience. And they're, they're, the criticisms are kind of the same for anyone who, who I feel like works for a fucking pharmaceutical company. It's just... Uh, where was it? Um, the concerns have included questions that's effectiveness and importance of the I movement component of EMDR. Uh, in 2012, Hal Arkowitz and Scott Lindenfield summed up that the state of research at the time saying that EDMR was no better than treatment and probably better than merely talking to a supportive listener, which ties back into uh, exposure therapy. But I, I, and I think this is where the holistic medicine comes into place. If the person going into it believes that this could possibly help them, I think that's the first step, the acceptance or the understand that this is it, this, this might be what you're looking for. Yeah, and anyone, anyone who's gonna overanalyze it is going to fall back um into bad habits like uh smoking uh, hypnotism with me <laughs> and um uh yeah it's I, I i honestly think it ties back into holistic medicine how we've dirtied that word and pseudoscience you know it, yes there is a con- there is a concern there there's a v- very valid concern especially when the person who is being putting these conditions isn't of their own free will and sound mind, let alone someone who's, who can't understand that because of their age. 
So I, I, I do think it's, and, and uh, I will also put a, a awesome video of one of the sessions that I watched with the eye movement uh, desensitization. I will put that in the description too. So we, you can, you can see what the therapy session looks like. It's, it's very cool. It's very awesome. And if the person walks away feeling better then I think it's, it's hundred percent correct. And that goes in with my philosophy as a bartender. I can be a purist and tell you that that's not an old, that's not an old fashioned, you fucking swine. Or I can be the guy that tells you if it's in a glass and you like it, then that's the right drink for you. Kedem, thank you for joining me today. This, this was fun. I have, I have a, I, I, I'm, I actually have a couple, I want your opinion. I got a couple talks I kind of want to get into, which is, and, and again, this is not really a deep dive, but more like a fun wander in the fields of Western medicine. I just, I found some really interesting stuff on why we might feel the way we feel going back into Hippocrates, all the way up to uh, Andrew Ellis, I believe is what his name was. Uh, there's, there's just, there's so much going on and uh, even to have a, have a, a second to talk about a, a couple of these um, rabbit holes, I call them, I, I think would be a lot of fun and, and easier to understand why we hiss at the hippies or hiss at people that, you know, try and heal themselves their own ways because, you know, you're an individual and you're in control and you should be able to do the things yourself, you know how American idealism has fed into this too. Uh, I think it's a beautiful, wonderful fucking topic that has hurt so many and helped so many. And I, I just, I would love to, to dig into it more. If that's something not to put you on the spot, you're recorded, answer me. But uh, I just, uh, future, future talk, thought possibilities. But, um, but yeah, I, I thank you for, for being here and um thank you um the, the western western medicine topic is something i'm not super familiar with like i like i just don't know a whole lot about it but i'm still totally down to talk about it if you have info you want to share and then we can you know talk about that info so you know we can work we can we can definitely work it out we're but, building on we'll build on that i got plenty of shit to talk about that i do know you do know to talk about such so as the philosophy of Final Fantasy IX and <laughs> why friendship might be the only cure to cancer. Tune in, tune in next week, guys, for <laughs> the answer to that question. Ken, <laughs> uh, thank you. Um, let's, let's, we, I will touch base with you. We'll do this soon. Anyone with questions, comments, concerns, mostly concerns because I have an ego problem, please email me at afthepodcast at gmail.com. And I would uh, love to hear back from you. I got the Patreon working. I started a Kickstarter because my hourly job does not allow hobbies to happen. So there's that capitalism answer for you. Uh, and, uh, oh, capitalism and how capitalism has fucking influenced the health sector. Holy shit. You got, you got, you gotta have, you gotta have knowledge on that. Kenum. 
<laughs> Shit, let's, we'll talk about that next time. Fuck, everyone. Continue to be you. Love each other. Be kind. And until then.